0: What I'm seeing, Matt, is there's there's a high level of disappointment on the consumer side because what their expectation was leading up until the point that they inquired, um, they saw you know some beautiful advertising, they saw some really strong calls to action, they saw a beautiful website, and a lot of times that's where the relationship ends because now they have really asked for more information and they aren't getting the response that that they want, and I think as consumers we now have an expectation that we will be responded to immediately, and That just is not what the real estate sales process has typically um, been accustomed to. So, One of the things that that we're finding is that um, sales agents typically are following up less and less and less every single year. They're relying more on realtor relationships to drive their sales. And what we're really seeing is that for the the majority of the time, there's less than two points of contact within a 45-day window that someone will receive once they have inquired. And that inquiry doesn't matter if it's online or on-site or a phone call for that matter. There just is not a real sense of urgency to be responding back to prospects. (music)
1: Hi, and welcome to Building Perspective with Matt Riley and Molly Elfman.
2: We're here to bring value to you and your team by exploring all things sales and marketing related,
1: all from different perspectives. Today, our focused discussion of the week this week is follow up. Who does it anyway? I'm really excited to have our guest Dave Betcher from ECI slash Lasso CRM to talk about all the data and everything that they see on the back end once a lead hits the CRM. So diving into what the data looks like, the stats on what we as home builders are doing with the lead once they hit the CRM. But first, let's dive into our top topics of the week this week. So this week, uh, Molly and I actually did a video, a little five minute. We did a five minute tip, so five tips in five minutes. Um, that we shared on social media. We sent it to some of our clients, to our clients. Um, But just like five basic things that, I shouldn't say basic, five main things that we should be focused on right now. And just kind of, if you're doing an audit of your content, of your stuff, uh, five things that you need to pay attention to. So we recorded that video. We posted that on social media. Uh, but we thought, you know what? Why not put it in the podcast? So what we did is we we pulled the audio out of that. And that is actually our top topic of the week this week. So we're going to cut to the audio that we recorded. This was just yesterday. Today is Wednesday, April the 8th. And we recorded that yesterday, April the 7th. And again, what we're trying to do is make sure that we record these intros and the top topics and and podcast guests at the last possible minute um, to make sure we're bringing the most relevant information to what's happening across the country, state by state, market by market. So um, if it feels a little different than normal, it's because it is. It's because we're bringing it at the last possible minute simply to make sure it's all up to date. So what we're going to do is we're going to cut to that video or I should say we're going to cut to that audio and then right after that, we're going to take a quick break and then cut into our top, our focus discussion of the week with Dave Becher. So hang out and we'll be right back.
2: Hi, everyone. We wanted to check in with you and give you some tips, five specifically, of things that you can be doing right now. Um, as you know, Group 2 has been around for 50 years. I'm wearing our old school Group 2 logo. Matt's wearing our new one. Um, and we've, you know, we've seen a lot and learned a lot, and, uh, this is a very new time for the industry and we want to share what we're seeing right now in real time. So Matt, why don't you take it away?
1: Number one, I just want to piggyback on what you just said. I was, I had a quick conversation, uh, with a builder partner of ours yesterday, and they told me a quote, they were on uh, a conference call with Kohler and they were actually talking with the president of Kohler. And one of the statements that he made, I forget the the president's name. I'll have to look it up later. But he said, as a business at Kohler, we've been through the Great Depression. We've been through two world wars, the Great Recession, a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And every time we've gone through a massive down, we've come out a stronger company on the other side. And the, the, the quote is, he said, don't waste the crisis. So don't waste the crisis on the opportunities that we have in front of us to come out a stronger company than where we were before. So I wanted to start with that. So the first tip, we want to make sure that we're staying in front of our prospects and prospects and our current backlog. An easy way to do that is with mass email communication and one-to-one text base. Um, Also don't forget to make it personalized and send some video emails Um, mixed in there. There are several different vendors out there. We love and use BombBomb. So check them out if you don't use them, but make sure that we're staying and communicating with our current prospects, our backlog, and mixing that between company newsletter type, individual text-based emails from the salespeople and video emails.
2: All right. Number two is messaging. So I spend, I probably look at about 50 home builder websites a day and I'm I'm shocked to see that not everyone and the majority of people have not updated their website and their call to action. So make sure you update the call to action not just on your website but on your anywhere where your messaging is getting out there so social digital you want to make it as easy as possible for people to work with you right now. So if that call to action is to set an appointment, have them click right through to make an appointment. Um, And really, the word is easy. Make it as easy as possible for people to work with you. And that is the key to messaging right now.
1: Absolutely. Okay, Um, the other thing is how do we communicate what we're doing? As we know that things are changing state by state, uh, local metro area by local metro area. Um, So make sure that you have one central controlled environment where you're putting out your messaging from your company about the changes and your policy changes and things like that. You don't have to send out COVID-19 response emails every week. We don't want to see those anymore. We, you know, Everybody's gotten them and we've gotten them from all the wrong people that we don't really care for. Um, but have one central location where we're controlling that message. Don't let the primary message be put on social media where someone, anybody can just go on and start making crazy comments. Have it in a controlled environment, whether it's a dedicated page on your website or you create a makeshift page by utilizing a blog, whether it's a video communication or text based But have a centralized location where people can go and readily and easily see how you're handling what and how they can do business with you.
2: Yep. So the next one is really about social media. Um, I think if we've learned anything in the past few weeks, it's that we crave as humans, human connection. And there is a big difference in seeing someone's face and seeing their mannerisms and hearing them speak. Um, I know personally, I come across totally different in email than I do Um, Face to face, because of just how you talk and how you communicate. So, Facebook Live is an unbelievable tool. Same with Instagram stories. This is an opportunity to connect on a human level using technology and going where people are, and people are on social media. So, it's a great platform. And even if you're uncomfortable with it, just do it, get yourself out there, um, and make that human connection.
1: It's free. Um, there are several tools. Um, please reach out to us and we can dive into things deeper with you on that, on how to execute some of those things. But um, it's a free tool and the usage, the social media usage is surging 75 to 100%. So huge, huge opportunity there. The last thing, tip number five, is let's make sure that we have a, we're have we reaching out to our realtor base, right? So um, we have an unbelievable opportunity as new construction as a whole to take some market share from the resale market, the used market. Because we know that before we even went into this scenario, inventory levels were suppressed and lower at, across any market. It doesn't matter. Um, now they're even more suppressed because people are taking their homes off the market because they don't want strangers walking through their homes right now. It's a huge opportunity to communicate that out with your realtor partners, make sure that they're connect. you're connecting with them, letting them know what your inventory opportunities are. Never before has those unstaged, stark, brand new, empty homes looked so appealing as they are right now. So let's make sure we're utilizing everything that we have. If you've got inventory, there's never been a better time to have inventory than right Now, So let's make sure we connect with our realtor partners and our buyers, obviously, but there's a huge opportunity with realtors to uh, to steal some market share from the resale market.
2: I love it. I think that is just so exciting. Used has never been more gross. So uh, we appreciate you. We're going to keep you in the loop and uh, thank you for listening and we'll talk to you all soon. Guys,
1: have a great week. Please reach out if there's anything we can do for you. All right, guys. Now we are gonna dive right into our discussion of the week with Dave Betcher from ECI and Lasso. Follow up. Who does it anyway? (coughs) All right, and we are back, and we are here with our very special guest. I am pleased to have Dave Betcher of ECI Solutions here with us today to talk about our focus discussion of the week, which is follow-up, who does it anyway? So Dave, welcome to the show well thank
0: you Matt and so nice to be on with you and what a very pertinent uh, title for today's discussion because I think more so now than ever this is something that we really have to discuss and and uh, if it wasn't important before boy it sure is now
1: I, I think it's a smidgen important now uh, as we record this on March 26th of 2020, uh, yeah, so this it's, it's definitely an important piece of the puzzle today. It's all really, it really always has been, but even more so, the the spotlight is definitely on it. But Dave, before we dive in, uh, because I don't want to get ahead of myself, we've been friends for a long time, and so I don't want to I want to make sure that anybody that listening here may not know who you are. Someone may not know who you are and what you do. So why don't you take a, a couple minutes introduce yourself? What you do at ECI slash Lasso and uh, what you guys are all about, and then we'll dive in. That's fantastic.
0: Well, for those of you that don't know who I am, my name is Dave Betcher. I am the VP of Consulting Services with uh, with ECI Lasso, and that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty ominous title. I've uh, I, I, I created it myself. I love it, but really, what it means is that my my role at ECI Lasso is really to help our clients with really the deeper dive inside of their CRM tool, which is predominantly Lasso. And I really help them with things that they may not have the uh, the education to roll out effectively, or they may not have the resources internally to uh, to manage. And a lot of that many times comes down to follow up it comes down to messaging best practices some sales training for their team so i'm actually uh, a, a original founder of lasso my brother and i actually founded lasso and over really the last 17 years we've been providing crm services for builders for real estate developers typically building high rise development and then sales agencies that are working on behalf of builders and developers so we are strictly focused on the real estate market and have had a lot of opportunities to to, uh, to Speak with sales agents, managers, marketing um, about really some of the some of the best practices of Lasso and the best practices of uh, selling new homes, and really happy to share a lot of those today, which is fantastic. And we've had a lot of these conversations over the last uh, the last couple of weeks as well. So I'm really happy we can do it today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, obviously, as a CRM company, you have access to tons and tons of data points and get to see everything that's happening and what's going out there and, you know, and really that macro picture, kind of that, that aggregate picture of what's, of what's happening. And, you know, we, we spoke on this, you and I, and Meredith Oliver spoke on this. uh, Well, it was part of our, our talk at IBS this year. And then we talked about it again on a webinar that we did an encore webinar based on the, the feedback of the program. And I've still had tons of people, talk about the stats and the numbers. And I thought, you know what, why don't we just dedicate some time to just talking about the numbers uh, specifically and what all of that looks like, what you guys see, some best practices uh, and, and just kind of walk through that, especially in where we are of, of, you know, the walk-in traffic, the people that's coming in the door that weren't in your kind of funnel already, that's not going to be pouring in at, you know, staggering rates at the moment. Right. So we're really going to have to be moving the ball forward and pressing forward with the current folks that are already in that kind of buying cycle. And so, uh, having that, having a well-oiled CRM is, uh, is key to do it. So Dave, why don't we yeah. start a little bit with like, kind of big picture. What are you seeing at the CRM level?
0: Well, I think Matt, we have to start at that big picture. We have to kind of start with where consumers are doing the predominant amount of shopping, or at least doing evaluation, and that's on online, obviously. And there's so many different online tools, and we've talked about this for years. All of the different resources, and it's only becoming more and more prevalent. So I like to look at conversions, and uh, conversions sounds quite ominous, but something that I don't think get looked at enough or recognize the importance of every single lead inside of the database. And and sometimes I. I Correlate a conversion to an actual dollar amount, and it's 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 a pretty simple equation, really. How much are we spending to generate leads compared to the amount of leads that we're getting in, and then that actually puts a dollar figure on that uh, uh, on that lead itself. So there's. Literally hundreds, if not thousands of dollars that are spent on every lead inside of the database. So what we found over the last year is that for the majority of builders and developers, and I'm going to kind of group those two together because when I did my survey, that's really what I what, what I looked at. I'm seeing less than 1%. And sometimes it's half a percent on some builders' sites, sometimes it's 1.5%. But from the amount of people that actually visit your website compared to the amount of people that actually register on your website, is really in that, you know, 1% range. So you've got this huge amount of people who are expressing interest, but such a small number that are actually asking for information. So we really have to take advantage of those small amounts of people because they have such a high cost associated with them. So really that's, that's kind of what I like to like to look at. And I won't necessarily say it's the consumer's fault for not registering a lot of times on builders websites. And you know this because you do a lot of builder website evaluation as well. What we're seeing is there just isn't enough opportunity for people to provide their information. I still see on builders websites, um, Builders that don't have a registration form, or they have a very generic registration form that really doesn't reflect a specific community of interest. Those kinds of things. There aren't strong enough calls to action in order to provide a, a reason why somebody would
1: actually want to register. Yeah, or and, really, and, Yep, go, go and, ahead, Matt. And, and contextual to where they're at in the in in the website too, right? Like, not just got questions. <laughs> you know, like well, that's kind exactly. of. A, yeah, that's that's you know yeah. nobody has. The, I'm not looking for that. If I if I need help, I want something. I need help on something very specific.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So having it nice, easy, um, it has to not be uh, a. a, a I won't say threatening, but have a salesperson call you now is probably not the right call to action because no one necessarily wants that at that stage of the game. I think we say there has to be that that reason, but at the very least have multiple ways that people can register on your website because not only are you gathering information, but on many websites, um, you're able now to track people that are that are online. And certainly with Lasso, you can do that, but there's certainly other uh, CRM tools that allow you to track what people do on your website so really tracking the, the the digital engagement and unless you're getting people's information it's very difficult to track who those people are and what they're doing online. So really getting people to register is twofold. It's getting their information, which is good. Now we can follow up with them. And that's really what salespeople want is leads to follow up with, of course. But at the same time, we're now able to gauge the digital interaction that people are having with us and focus our energy and attention on the people who have the most interaction. It kind of makes sense. So people that are on your website the most typically have the higher level of interest, but we can't capture that unless we get them to to register with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when... All absolutely correct points. We've got to get, we've got to get the conversion first. Yeah. But once we get the conversion, what are some things that from the, now we're kind of diving into the CRM side of things that the data there. Yeah. What are you, what do you see happening as a whole Across everything, when once that conversion happens,
0: well, what I'm seeing, Matt, is there's there's a high level of disappointment on the consumer side <laughs> because what their <laughs> expectation was leading up until the point that they inquired, um, they saw you know some beautiful advertising, they saw some really strong calls to action, they saw a beautiful website, and a lot of times that's where the relationship ends because now they have really asked for more information and they aren't getting the response that that they want. And I think as consumers, we now have an expectation that we will be responded to immediately. And Mm -hmm. that just is not what the real estate sales process has typically um, been accustomed to. So one of the things that that we're finding is that um, sales agents typically are following up less and less and less every single year. They're relying more on realtor relationships to drive their sales, and we'll talk a little bit about stats here and and some of the things that we found in terms of when somebody replies, how many emails they typically get, or or how many phone calls are made. But what we're really seeing is that for the majority of the time, there's less than two points of contact within a forty five day window that someone will receive once they have inquired, and that inquiry doesn't matter if it's online or on site or a phone call for that matter. There just is not a real sense of urgency to be responding back to prospects. And the one thing that we always have to kind of keep in mind is these prospects are really what drive <laughs> what drive yeah. for, for me as a salesperson, um, this is my lifeblood. So I am absolutely missing out on opportunity. You know, one one of the big stats that I always like to like to look at is the amount of people that we need in our database to sell out a community. And for the most part, it's about 5% of the people that are in our database are actually going to buy from us. So you kind of think back to how much we're spending to generate one lead and just think of the amount of leads that we have to generate to sell through a community It's just more imperative now than ever to meet the consumer's expectation, understanding that the, the, the consumer is busy. They've got lots of things going on. They may not be responsive after the first try or the second try or the third try, but it's that fourth effort. It's the fifth e- effort of consistent messaging that has value that is going to instill an interaction from the customer. And we have to be consistent with it.
1: Yeah. So that that's really interesting because you're talking about, you know, if obviously understanding if, okay, if, if 5% of the leads in the database are going to buy, I'm big on just doing the math backwards, right? Starting yeah, yeah, with the do. end in mind. Okay, I need yeah. to sell X number of homes. And I know if only 5% of the leads are going to buy, I need to have, there, there's one of two things that has to happen there. I either need to do the, the math backwards and say, I've got to have this number of people in my database and generate this number of leads. Therefore, if I know what my cost per lead is, then... I, sh- I have to spend X that X to get there. Yep. The problem is when that X number um, is way out of line with what your budget actually is. yeah. So yeah. then how do we look at and go all right well how do I do this for cheaper? Well, the other only other thing that we can do is increase our conversion. So if we want to if we can double our conversion and it goes from five percent to ten percent, then that might b- start bringing your budget dollars and spend allocation back in line. Now, yeah. you said at the, at the top of that, you said once someone you know submits a form on the website, that's most of the time where it ends. Right? It's a very disappointing consumer experience at that point. Do you see things specifically on, around that of what that looks like? Once you know, if, is there a percentage of people that you see that? Aren't responding or just waiting too long? Like, what is the what's the big what's slipping through the cracks there?
0: Yeah, so let's kind of dive right r- right into that. So the research that we've done, and we all do builder surveys. And when I say we all do, there's a number of companies that provide this information. Yeah, I just shopped. 35 of our top builders. And when I say top builders, it's really the small, medium, and large builders who who are progressive, who some might have an online sales counselor, some, some might not. But really kind of looking at what the experience is on the consumer side. So what we found, Matt, on average, that builders that utilize an OSC, an online sales counselor from the online side, get, um, um, a lot more response. In fact, from a phone call perspective, we can dive right into it. People that provide a phone number, um, they can expect a phone call back 60, 65% of of the time. So Hmm. there's still a little bit of a gap, but compare that to sales agents that are on a site that are receiving leads coming in online. Um, it's almost non-existent the response that they get back from from the phone, and I think the phone is something that that is an overlooked tool, and yeah. I'm not certain why um, we haven't taken more advantage of it because it certainly is a personal one-to-one communication. And but it's it's about a twelve percent number of the people that re, that uh, inquire that have a phone number that are actually getting a phone call back. It's about hmm. twelve to fifteen percent. So there's a huge gap between what the expectation is. I gave you my phone number when I registered on the website and actually what is happening on the responsive side. So many times an email will go out. And one of the things that's a lot more prevalent in today's CRM tools is a level of automation that is happening. Automation is a wonderful thing. And and I really prescribe to having a, 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 a level of automation in place to ensure that we don't hit these numbers. But the key to an automation is actually starting the process. And without starting the process, without making that first phone call or sending out that first email, replying to somebody in a sincere fashion that doesn't seem like a marketing bot has, uh, has responded, yeah. um, that's really where the disconnect is many times. And, and because automation is such an easy thing to do, um, we sometimes forget about the customer at the other end of the, uh, um, the, end of the other end of the phone or, or on their mobile device just waiting for somebody to respond back to them. But I will say that, that builders that have an online sales counselor whose sole job it is to be responsive to online leads. And let's kind of talk about the importance of, of online leads. So in most cases, online leads equate for about half of the database. Okay. So Mm. we talk about, you're going to sell to, you know, 5%, two to 5% of, of your database. Well, if online leads equate to half of those people, um, the other half are going to be call-ins or walk-ins, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So if if we are neglecting half of our database, you can just see the, the the absolute cost increases as we're going through this. And one of the primary means of generating leads is um, doing online advertising. It's, uh, it's doing Facebook ads. It's doing email blasts. So we're really reliant on online sources to generate leads for us. But there's a real disconnect between our marketing department generating online leads for the salespeople and really how salespeople view an online lead without the value that really should be placed on that lead. And that value is value to the, to the agent, but also a cost value to, to the builder.
1: Absolutely. You know, and and so you said uh, you got, you know, you did your survey, you, you shopped um, some builders as well, or for this data. And so we actually just finished by the time this podcast airs, this, this information will be out there, but we actually just finished a shop of our own. And we went through, it's about 70 builders on the top 200 list. The, you know, the good bulk of them were our clients. Um, And so the reason the whole premise behind the shop was honestly, I got tired of talking to people about uh, focusing in on follow up and the, and the processes. And it's like, Oh, we're selling homes. We're doing good. We're doing good. And I'm like, okay, but I'm telling you, we've got to have our pro you got to have your processes buttoned up. You're in a really good market right now. You never know. I mean, I, I swear it's like, you never know what's going to happen. We got to make yeah. sure our processes are buttoned up. Boom. Here we are. Uh, you know, coronavirus, people are, you know, quarantined at home. Yeah. But, you know, because I'll, I'll lead into this as we go through it in different pieces, because it's timed, wi- timing wise, because I know, you know, what you're going to want to talk about as well. But here's what we saw. <clears throat> so we saw that 25% of the, sh- of the builders only responded one time. Now, and you mentioned autoresponders. So one of the things for us is we didn't count the initial autoresponder as a form of follow-up because yeah. like you said, autoresponders and bot emails, people can sniff those out a mile away. Yeah. And I think where we're at on March 26th of 2020, me personally, I would turn off any automation that's going out the door because you, every, everything's changing kind of by the day and you, you don't want your email going out to be... Insensitive to where we are. Um, or if you know that your emails that are going out that are automated are okay, just at least go back through and double check it um, yeah. j- just to make sure for, so, so things don't just start going on autopilot out there that shouldn't be out there. But we saw only 25% responded one time, 16% didn't respond at all. And then we only had 32% respond more than three times.
0: Yeah. Yeah, those numbers are almost identical to what we've looked at, Matt. And again, thinking about the cost of each lead, and, 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 and the cost is so simple to, to define. <laughs> what have I spent? Yeah. How many leads did I get? What's the cost for each, each one of those leads? And if you put it down in, into those numbers and then recognize that we are actually spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to ignore the leads in our database, it kind of makes you think of what are some of the things that we can do to ensure that, that those leads are getting the responsiveness that they need yeah so what are some of the things that 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 we need to do and I mean you are bang on when you said in in different times you need to be you need to have fluidity to change your processes and I think whether it's in the time that we're in right now facing the coronavirus that the coronavirus or uh, when times are, are good or we've got too many leads in our database um, you know all of these different scenarios will, help you evaluate what type of messaging and what is the process of uh, a follow-up that that we need to do. But the messaging is such a, a key element to this. And I think you're right, having sensitivity to where we are right now and turning off automation when you have to. And now is definitely the time to do that. We don't want to come across insensitive. And any email that I get in my inbox personally right now that really is unsensitive, or insensitive, I guess, yeah. to um, to the the scenario that we're in, like it's just business as usual. Well, it isn't business as usual at all, and we can't treat it like that. You you can still communicate with me, and I never want people to stop selling. I really don't. But there's messaging that has to be put in place, and sometimes we have to act more like a partner rather than a salesperson. <laughs> and mm, totally. and I think that shows a level of leadership that I can absolutely guarantee that our competition is not is not able to provide. Um, and that's the type of messaging that we have to get out. We have to stop with the, with, you know, the, the, uh, uh the strong calls to action of, you know, buy now and $20,000 discounts and those kinds of things. And yes, it's important to, to have that message in place, but that can't be what we lead off with because people yeah. are just not there right now. We're going through a huge crisis and people are losing their jobs at such a rapid level that we have to be sensitive to that.
1: Absolutely. No, without a doubt we we have to be aware of of what the, what's going on and what that messaging is. and like you said, you know, kind of beating that dead horse, but making sure that our processes are in in place, but we're also in a position to be able to tweak those on the fly um to to make sure that we're not getting demolished by unsubscribes. I mean, well, yeah. I, I, as we've gone through this, you know, I, I've gotten. Covid nineteen update email updates from everybody that I've didn't even realize I've ever come in contact with, yeah. you know, including people like my mortgage company who I, yeah. I don't know Kathy at the mortgage <laughs> company and you know, I don't go there and oh, pay my bill. Kathy. You get, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's like I, I'm I'm really glad that Kathy's washing her hands, but it doesn't like I'm just sending you a wire check every you know what I mean, so yeah. yeah, so making sure that it's like because now it's like oh. You have my email address, unsubscribe. You know, like yeah. I didn't even know you had my email address. Now you're sending me your COVID-19 update policy and yeah. I'm done. Um so anyway, yeah. we know we digress.
0: Well, you know, we we do to a point, but at the same time these are really important things to recognize because we are dealing with consumers every single day, right? And the consumer experience is what we focus our attention on because that's that is really what makes or breaks us. How does the the, the consumer feel about us? Are we a are are we a differentiator enough that someone will trust us when times are good, but they'll also trust us when times are are not so good? And just by going as business as usual, um, really doesn't show any any empathy to the situation that we're in at all. Yeah. Now, Matt, you, you raised a really good point earlier about um, having the ability to really start to go through your existing databases and if I can recommend one thing, this is yeah. a prime time to just go in and take a look at some of the gold that may have been overlooked mm. as things were going incredibly well up until, uh, up until January, you know, the stock market was high, interest rates were low, um, People were selling through communities quickly, and then it just shut down. But we've still got this this huge amount of of um, data and people, and I don't like to classify. People as as data sources because they're not they're actual yeah. human beings on the right. other end of the and of, end, of, end of the line that at one point inquired with you. So I think you know having a level of communication out there and having the personalization that that we need to ensure that that people see this as not disingenuous but incredibly genuine as I am reaching out to you. So not having, you know, big headers and footer images and those kinds of things, but really making it a a genuine message that we're sending out. So as part of our follow-up, not only is it just to keep in touch with people and let let them know that, you know, we're still open for business, but at the same time, show a level of, of, of empathy and compassion to a situation. And we get a lot of questions about this right now. And it's, it's, it's pretty simple, just like you and I are talking right now. That's how I would relay that in, in one of my messages. So, so you know, look at, look at my follow-ups, look at my auto reply email. Um, I was mentioning earlier yesterday, um, uh, I did a webinar on messaging in your auto reply. And mm-hmm. it's something that seems so simple, but gets overlooked so often and understanding that, you know, that's, that's the first contact point that you make with somebody after they register what's in that auto reply email. And again, if it's business as usual, if it isn't compassionate, if it isn't empathetic, then it, it really has a negative tone to your customer. And again, the customer just costs you three hundred dollars <laughs> to, right. uh, to, to, to register. So we want to make sure every point of contact has that same tone and feel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the, I, I think it's really important when you talked about even checking that autoresponder, the autoresponder of thanks for, you know, thanks for submitting a question. Because one of the the things that is really common out there is for us to quote, because we want to create urgency. And so for it, one of the things that we like to do is quote our rate of sale, right? So that's the old, one of the old adages out there. You know, we sell a home every day, every X hours, every hurry, hurry, you know, like those are things that, you have to be aware of where we are uh, and, and making sure that that messaging is correct. Even in the auto, even in the thank you for inquiring auto responder, not even in your, this is my automated follow up process, yeah. but even as yeah. simple, like you said, is the auto responder, because that is, that is the first interaction that that customer is going to have with your company from a, you know, now I'm, I'm interested, please, cl- please give me more. And if it's, garbage in, it's going to be garbage out. It can be, I think, I I think it can be a turnoff.
0: Well, exactly it, Matt. And like you say, that's the first point of contact that anybody has with you. Um, that's the first time that you have reached out. So even though you may not have done it, maybe it was an auto uh, response. Believe it or not, that email is the highest read email that you will ever send to anybody is <laughs> that auto that's responder. Crazy. So having messaging in there that uh, reflects the situation is important. And you can edit those whenever you need to, right? That's that's the one thing. Uh, but we do overlook that. And something that has yeah, something that seems so minimal has such a big impact on on how people feel about you
1: yeah absolutely now i think i know when when we talked about this before you shared some data breaking apart of when a builder what happens when a builder has a dedicated person to answer those questions versus when they don't. And what I mean yeah. by it is the traditional OSC, online sales con- counselor or concierge yep. or yep. specialist, or whatever you want to call it, versus the lead comes in and it goes through a round robin cycle out to the on site salespeople.
0: Yeah. So when when we look at those numbers, these are quite quite staggering. <laughs> they they really are, and and they really have a, re- a reflection on you know when you look at when you look at this big bucket of buyers that that we have, and you start to dig in a little bit. So it's wonderful that people are buying homes from us, but let's kind of take a you know do do that. Kind of that backtrack and just see kind of what our marketing, what was the impact that it had on that buyer. So I like to look at source types. That's kind of one of the things that I look at, and I look at kind of three source types: walk-ins, buy, walk-ins, online leads, and and call-ins, and kind of just evaluating. So we're spending all of this money to drive people to our website. We're spending all of these, uh, you know, all of our social media advertising drive people to our website. Ninety-eight percent of our of our uh, prospects have visited our website. We know that. So kind of kind of looking at at that experience. So when people have an online sales counselor, um, from the stats that that we have, we are looking at about 90 to 95% of the time, they will get a personalized communication back in the form of an email, and then they will have three points of contact post-registration. Okay, mm-hmm. so that that points of contact, those are for people who are unresponsive. You know, for people that are responsive. So if I, you know, you register and I respond to you, and then you respond back to me, um, we didn't count those. All we really wanted to see was what was the typical engagement up until the point of time when people gave up. So we saw ninety-two percent of the time people were communicated with up to three times, which is a pretty great number, right? Um, compare that to when we are reliant on our on-site salespeople to follow up with online leads, that number is about 60% of the time. So there's a 40% of the of the prospects who are registering don't even receive an email. And I can guarantee you that if they're not receiving an email, they are definitely not receiving a phone call. So let's just kind of talk to that for a second. Yeah. So builders that don't have an online sales counselor um, that are reliant on salespeople on-site to respond back with a phone call, uh, the number is about 15 Fifteen percent of the time that they would get responded to, and that number it just it 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 astounds me because in many cases those people have provided a phone number for the sole reason of wanting a call back. Totally. Um, in many. of cases a phone number is not a required field on a registration form and when it is um, people will typically give you a bogus number if they don't want to get called back so these right. are non-bogus numbers right that um, um, that were just really ignored so the number is 15 percent so if you look at again the amount of people that are registering on your website equates to about a one conversion rate um, if you if you are not going to sell to 95 percent of the people in your database you're going to sell to five percent of them if we're not calling, Eighty-five percent of the people in in our database back, we are missing out on so much opportunity. And sometimes these numbers don't get shared on the sales side. Marketing looks at these numbers all day long, but on the sales side, we don't understand um, the, the 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 these types of ratios that uh, that we're talking about here. Now, when we talk about emails back, I mean th- those numbers are are not that great either. So builders that don't have an online sales counselor, they get emailed back, you know. You know 50, 60% of the time, I think the number yeah. is about 63, 63% of the time they get, mm-hmm. uh, they get an email back. So really what we're looking at here is we're looking at people even today in 2020, not recognizing the importance of the online shopper, um, and not placing enough value on that, uh, uh on that prospect. Um, when we look at at people who have walked in and visited, the number of follow ups are are atrocious at best as well. On average, um, just over two follow ups after somebody has actually taken the time to visit the sales center, and those those follow ups mm. are typically done with email and not with a phone call. So. People are giving up far too early in the sales process. And I don't necessarily blame salespeople. It's not their intent to ignore people. <laughs> they get overwhelmed and many times they don't have systems. And we still see a lot of builders out there with without sales enablement tools, without CRM tools, without sales processes, without um, understanding any of these metrics that we're talking about. And I also think that these numbers aren't discussed enough on Within a sales meeting, yeah. I don't think sales managers understand what the what these marketing numbers represent. Really, um, if I ask any sales manager what was their conversion rate this week, this week from their online um, uh, site visits to online registrations, um, I, I would imagine that very seldom will somebody actually have an answer that that they've 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 thought about, Yeah. So, or
1: even know where to go get it.
0: Or even know where to get it, and those numbers are so readily available in so many CRM tools out there. You don't have to go into Google Analytics. You don't necessarily have to reach out to your marketing team to get these uh, to get these types of numbers. This is something yeah. that every sales manager should have the ability to understand and place such great value. And what it's going to do, it's going to elevate you in your customers' eyes, but it's also going to elevate you in the whole, you know, in your competitive circle because you are the one who has process, who has um, dedicated people to do this, and understands the value of it.
1: And yeah, Dave, and and really, even for the sales managers, to, maybe not even they don't know it off the top of their head, but most of the time they don't even know where to go get it.
0: And that information is so readily available in so many different CRM tools out there. And it really, it's just a report that may not have even been um, understood that what what the information was. So if there's one thing that I can really Recommend and especially to, to the sales managers that, that are listening here is understand the conversion data and really understand that your salespeople are probably not following up with their lead to the effect that they should be. Yeah, and also understanding there's a lot of really great prospects that still exist within our database that we probably have ignored that we certainly have the opportunity to go back to, but we can't go back to them in a marketing format. We have to have that level of personalization. We have to have that empathy and we have to really have that, um, that, that level of connection that we may not have understood was important up until today.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so with what you said and what you're seeing, um, you know, the numbers you saw, they are strikingly similar from the data that we just pulled in from our shop. So, because we broke down, you know, overall response responses. So the average number of follow-ups made over a 30 day period was 2.87, right? So we're getting really specific, 2.87. But then we broke that down by with an OSC and without an OSC. And just to kind of see how those two stack. So without an OSC, the average number of responses was basically two. And with an OSC, the average number of responses in that thirty-day period was about almost five. So, and in there, phone calls were double with an OSC. Without an OSC, maybe one phone call was made. Um, But typically, what I saw if if the what we saw if the lead went directly to the on-site and there was a phone number provided, the on-site salesperson would pick up the phone and call. They would make a phone call, but if they didn't get them. That was basically the end of it, right? So, and that's simply because they can't remember to do all that stuff, right? They have all that's this, exactly. all these other things that they have to do, and I, I'm not, I, and you're not either, and we're not. So, we're not saying this information to beat up on people and say you're, you know, everybody's not doing a, nobody's doing a good job. However, what this really tells me is everyone has been been sitting on a big cushion of more than they can handle leads. Because if you don't, if you have too many leads, this is what happens. This, this, the stuff slips through the cracks. We start, you know, cherry picking, uh, the best of the cream of the crop. So it's the, it's the path of least resistance. So this is where now when essentially the faucet gets turned off or, you know, temporarily, or the stream is severely diluted down and it's not coming yeah. out nearly at the same rate, this is where having the tools in place to go back through and work that current database is so vital. Um, and, and the other thing that we saw, and I, this will be interesting to see if you saw the same thing, because we have not compared these numbers, uh, but it's, it's crazy how close they are. So with an OSC, um, we also saw additional forms of follow-up happening versus without an OSC. And what I mean by that is the builders with an osc actually also incorporate some not all of them but some of them incorporated text messaging into yeah. their follow up process as well as video email yeah where if they didn't have an osc none of those things happened
0: yeah yeah, it takes time to uh, to put those into place, man, and that's sometimes what sales agents on site don't have, is they don't have the dedicated time, uh, because they are dealing with a lot of walk-in traffic. They're dealing with their model homes looking tip-top shape. They're dealing with their a-boards out front, and their balloons out front, yeah, and all those right. sorts of things that that we rely on our salespeople to do, and and sometimes those overtake the importance of doing the follow-up. And you know, if, if we look at times like like we're in right now, you know, we talk a lot about go back to your to your database, and sometimes. You know, you want to talk about disingenuous. You, you you know, you're you're responding back to people who you have never responded back to, you're right? After after, so you know, the the consistency of follow up is important in good times and in bad. Because when things are bad, uh, and you're going back to your database, um, um, it, it really has a a negative implication on what your intent is. Because yeah. you never followed up with me when uh, when when I was really interested. So why why are you coming back now when things are a little bit uh, a little bit tougher?
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I, yeah. I loved how you carried it through though. Cause like for us, uh, obviously we didn't have the data to be able to see what happens when, the, when the customer comes from online and then ends up going on site. Uh, I thought that was really insightful to see what happens. Like it's pulling the thread all the way through the needle, like the entire process, not just lead, you know, customer website, lead, okay, what happened? It's all the way through to someone physically walking in the door and what happens after they leave. Yeah, and you want to talk about those numbers really quick, Matt. So builders that have an online sales counselor, people who are
0: dedicated to managing all online lead inquiries, Yep, for the most part... just pulling up my stats here for the most part, if you look at that big bucket of buyers that you have for builders that have an online sales counselor, you can expect about 45% of your people that buy from you to come from those online sources. Agreed. So you can say, yeah. Okay. So half, half my buyers are going to come from online sources. If I have a dedicated resource to, uh, to manage them for people that don't have an online sales counselor for builders that, uh, that don't their online buyers that usually goes down to less than 30%. So there's, there's a huge opportunity and the, the numbers are so blatant that by following up with our online leads, we're going to have a better conversion ratio of leads that we are generating. And that really is what it comes down to is that people are not being followed up with in a, a systematic fashion that allows them to feel like they are valued and to give them any kind of um, um, reason to come down
1: and visit the model home because they were ignored after they after they registered. Yeah. And if you're going to ignore me before I pay you, <laughs> what are you going to well, do yeah. for me after you have my money? Yeah, exactly right. Because yeah, it is yeah, the first form of of, yeah. of customer service. Like this is a, your first taste of customer service with yeah. with a company and you get the opportunity to do that before you've paid them any money. Yeah, that's exactly it. Right. That's
0: exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Very, very well, well said. And that's really what it comes down to, right, is the feeling that when I walk into your model home, have you been responsive to me up until that point of time? And by the time I get to your model home, I've already eliminated so many different options. You know, I've essentially chosen three different options by the time I walk into your model home. How, how are you going to treat me after that? Or how have you treated me to get me into your model home? Yeah. that's a lot of times what uh, what people see value in and I think we we all have situations where we have created such a great relationship with a with a salesperson and maybe have spent a little bit more um, on something just because of the relationship that we have created with that sales agent and that relationship starts with that first point of contact and the consistent points of contact after I have I have inquired with you
1: yeah absolutely and yeah. you know for me the key take like there's two, I would say two. If yeah, I would simplify it into two key point, key big. I can't talk two big key takeaways from the data that you have from the shop results that we just wrapped up, which is one. You you probably already have the tool, right? You already probably already have the tool in your organization. It's just not being utilized the right way, Um, and it's not set up properly with with the right training, Um, but. Having the tool and the process in place to help you follow up and, and with the customer and and provide the service the level of service that they're expecting, and then the second is, it pays off in spades to have a dedicated person that's going to be handling this online activity. Um, but if you have those two things in place, you're gonna win seventy five percent of the battles. Yeah, exactly right, man.
0: Exactly right, and I think this is the time to really start to evaluate: um, is that the right option for us? And 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 for the most part, in most situations with the builders that that I speak with every single day, um, people are getting the message that the online shopper this is not going to go away it's going no. to become progressively more and more prevalent and if we are not responding in the appropriate way that the consumer expects then we are going to lose every single time we are going to lose to our competition and our competition is not the other builder down the street our competition is is resale and our competition is doing nothing as well right so it's just having that uh, having that consistency in place and from what the numbers show um, and we've been doing these shops for a number of years. Uh, the numbers showed that uh, the follow-up that is being provided to people who are responding to website registration forms is not getting any better, mm-hmm. um, and for the most part, it is it is uh, stale or getting worse.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, I would yeah. agree, and I think that it's not that. Again, I don't attribute that to bad people. I no. I, I think it's people are have been inundated with an abundance of leads. Yeah. And, and yeah. So I, I think that uh, sometimes these corrections can highlight what we need to focus on and get better yeah. at. So that's the, yeah. I think that's the positive focus out of that. So
0: yeah, I totally agree with you.
1: Yeah. Awesome. All right. So let's just kind of put a big red bow on this. What I'd love to do is ask everybody, all of our guests, a couple of quick questions uh, to end on a non-business note, which is a, what are you binge watching? What are you reading? And what are you listening to? Gotcha. Okay. So from a, uh, um,
0: I, I live in a software as a service world, right? And that's something that, that I think, um, you know, that's what my business is, is all about. It's something that, um, that markets are, are going that way. So as somebody who is in, you know, a software as a service, it's really important that I understand, um, what other companies are doing, what other, uh, um, so I'm right now I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on customer, on on customer, Customer success—that's okay. that's my big one right now. So I'm reading a book called Customer Success, and it's really talking about the Salesforce model um, when Salesforce first started, mm-hmm. compared to where they are now. And certainly Salesforce is competitive to us, but I tell you their model—you know—why not look at at the uh, the, um, the, the biggest one the, out there? The the, the, <laughs> the biggest one out there for sure, right? That's that's the big one. So customer success is a uh, is a big one. Now, from a watching perspective, binge, binge watching uh, for whatever reason. We are hooked on 90 Day Fiance, and if you haven't uh, never heard haven't, of it, my goodness! So go to the learning channel and uh, start watching Matt, because it is something. <laughs> now watch it with your lovely wife <laughs> because you will not be able to turn it off. It is so compelling. Um, I, I won't even go into it for people that uh, that know it. They are they are smiling along with me right now. 90 Day Fiance.
1: I can only imagine 90 Day that, Fiance. You know. Oh, yeah, goodness.
0: it's about uh, it's something you call a K1 visa in the US and it's people that that have found love um, outside of the U.S. Are, and are, are bringing people back, and they have 90 days to uh, to get married, and all the trials and tribulations that go along with uh, meeting somebody and then getting married within 90 days. It's really quite uh, quite fascinating.
1: Wow! All right, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. yeah.
0: And then um, what I listen to a lot, I listen to a lot of different podcasts by a lot of different, a uh, lot oh, of different yeah. people, and, and sometimes I I, I kind of get out of uh, of of the business world, and I, I you know I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, for example. Oh yeah, he's um, great. Yeah, I listen to a lot of Chad Chingrin and his and his Cannibal Moments. I find that his guests are, I, I find the conversation very similar to the conversation you and I are having today. I, I find the conversation um, um, light but very impactful on things that are really important to me. Yeah. So, and and I find the message. Uh, is something that I can then relay to the people that I talk with every yeah. every, every single day. So those are some of the things that I'm uh, that I'm looking at right now. What about you? What are you uh, oh. uh, reading, listening to, and, and binge watching
1: uh, right now? Uh, reading is everything I can get my hands on from yeah. uh, what we're going through at the moment. I'm just trying to read yeah. and be able to help people in any way that I can. Binge watching, I am. Uh, I'm just getting into Westworld the HBO series. I just finished season one and so I'm I'm anxiously going to be starting season two tonight. Uh, yeah. So that's (laughs) that sounds a lot, uh, a lot more thought provoking than 90 day fiance. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Right. I mean, it's a, uh, yeah. So, uh, it's entertaining to to say the least. And yeah, yeah. So from a podcast, I do love Chad's podcast, cannonball moments. Uh, and you know, he's, he does have a lot of great guests that have nothing to do with what our industry is, um, but has some, has some really great guests. And, uh, let's see, I, I listened to, uh, I love Akimbo by Seth Godin. Uh, and then Google has a new one out called think with Google. It's literally episode three. It just came out today. Uh, and then there's another new one. I haven't listened to it yet. It's called "Unlocking Us" by Brene Brown, um, that I saw Simon Sinek recommend. Uh, yeah. So I, I I flagged that one as well. So those are some of the those are some of the ones that uh, I'm tying into. And then I have my fitness podcast that I listen to, which is Mind Pump. Um, it's a bunch of like four or five dudes. It's it's That's total cool. like bro talk like gym bro talk like fraternity bro anyway so
0: (laughs) (laughs) kind of like like what you and i are doing right now that's right that's right
1: that's great so (laughs) anyway but yes yeah that's right that's right so anyway but yeah so all good stuff dave i really appreciate just really good info i know that uh everybody out there will appreciate hearing that because when you get those numbers it really helps you with to be able to go back and look at what am I doing? And am I exceeding? Am I below? Am I at that? you know And so it l- yep. really helps people to set that benchmark for themselves and say, okay how do, this, is a, this is a very specific thing that we can focus on to get better. We can absolutely move the needle here. So I really appreciate you uh, coming on and, and sharing that information. Uh, I know people will will do tons with it and be very, very viable. So uh, appreciate you coming on the show and uh, can't wait to do it again soon. It's been a pleasure, Matt. Thanks so much for having me on your show. All right. Thanks, Dave.